This is Potions and Potpourri. This is a Dungeons & Dragons variety talk show podcast where we talk about a bunch of different stuff related to D&D or other loosely nerded nerd stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Nerded. Nerded. Um, We get nerded. Oh, yeah. And also on the show, we have other segments like interviews where we interview guests about topics And we do live plays sometimes, and our other segment is potions, which is what we're going to do tonight, which is where we kind of do spur the moment, improv, kind of bouncing ideas off each other and try and make something that we've never made before. So I'm Kayla. This is Keisha. So today... (laughs) (laughs) Do you just want to start over? No, it's fine. Okay. So today... We're going to do our potion segment, um, and we're going to try and make some TTRPG mechanics up on the fly. Um, and just as a disclaimer, we really have only ever played D&D 5e specifically, uh-huh. but we have both played a lot of other video games, so we kind of understand the TTRPG mechanics in a very vague sense yeah basically right (laughs) at least we played enough where we have opinions on like what we would like to see yeah in a tabletop rpg right you know so so we're just gonna try and like bounce some ideas off each other um and come up with some maybe more concrete systems that could work in really any ttrpg but maybe more specifically in dungeons and dragons yeah again this is improv so we don't really have like a set system on how we want to do this so game mechanics, I feel like one of the first things I think of when making a TTRPG is kind of like, what do they focus on? So I think there's some that's like super heavy on like the battle. Okay. Yeah. Um, or the story. Or the story. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of the main things. Um, and I think in the Dungeon Master's Guide for D&D, it says at the beginning, like, decide what kind of game you want. Do you want it to be, like, intrigue and mystery and <laughs> investigative? Or do you want it to be, like, high fantasy and everything's crazy over here? Or, like, super battle heavy, like, not really role play or heavy on role play. Like, just kind of figuring out your general idea of what you want it to mostly be. And then kind of going from there. So for me, I like something that caters pretty well to role-playing. I feel like D&D does decent at that. Yeah. Obviously, D&D Dungeons and Dragons, (laughs) they're pretty heavy on, like, getting into a dungeon. Dungeon crawls and, like, getting the loot, killing the monster, leveling up, and looking cool, you know, (laughs) all that stuff, Um, which is fine. But I personally, as a DM, I have noticed I have done, like, less than five dungeons maybe right (laughs) total yeah so i am not as heavy on like dungeon crawling i like the interaction between the players as their characters and what they can do with that and having like kind of like more interesting battles and not such a straightforward like i attack i run up to him i hit him i defend i get hit he attacks (laughs) he runs up he runs away you know just yes but that's just my general idea of it. Yeah, I agree. You agree with that? Yeah, I, I like the role play a lot more. I do like the battle, but I think it needs to be a little spiced up. I know. Than yeah. what it is just written. But it's written very simply, so that way you can do a lot with it. Right. But so something that we talked about that we wanted to kind of build in this episode is um, the morality meter. 
that was a huge thing. Yeah, for character creation. Yeah. I actually like the idea of having a morality, even if it's not necessarily morality. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a mm, decision factor. You know, your character makes a decision and it sways them in one way or the other. So would you say when you make a character, instead of putting them in one of the blocks of what alignment they are, yeah. would you say they should place themselves somewhere on this meter? Yeah. And then start from there? And even like more than that, more than one meter. So have mm. like a, uh, this is kind of what the still being kickstarted avatar TTRPG is going to do. It has three, I think, meters and it's like culture... Oh. History and I don't something else similar to morality. Okay. Um, I think something like that. Okay. Where like each action falls into a category and then you sway one way or the other, but like it affects something else. You know, have you played Fallout New Vegas? I did, yes. So you know how when you are interacting with um certain factions that if you do something that they like, that you that they're like this faction likes it, but then consequently this faction over here doesn't like you anymore. Oh, yeah. So it kind of is always like, you okay. you saved this kid from a mine, so this city likes you more, but now their enemies like you less. Right. So something kind of like that. Um, and I think having it be like multiple meters that are always in flux mm. makes your character much more rounded that way. That's much more interesting instead of... I mean, not that I necessarily dislike the alignment chart. Yeah, me too. That they have. Uh, it's just, it almost gives it a bit more freedom of your actions, you know? Because, like, a lawful good character might sometimes let the kid die in very specific circumstances, you yeah. know? And having, like, those multiple meters that just sway more towards one side or the other, you know? I I just like that idea more. Well, I think, too, like, also a very popular video game mechanic is, um, like, you make a decision, and maybe it's, like, a yes or a no, or it's somewhere on, like, a scale, Mm -hmm. and then you don't know what happens when you make that decision, but then it is a cumulative thing at the end of the story where it suddenly reveals, well, actually, you made all these decisions, so your character is lawful evil. yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I think I agree with that. And I know for Mass Effect, uh, you have Paragon and Renegade. Mm-hmm. And that's their kind of like meter. Yeah. But the way they did it is any Renegade actions you take are considered like evil and any Paragon actions you take are considered good. Yeah. But there's like debate on that because it's like, well... <sighs> It depends on, like, a lot of factors. Like, it's not just a straight up, like, this is the only good option. This is the only bad option. It should be a bit more in depth. Or it should be more than just that, that it affects. So that's why I like your multiple meters things. And it falls under the category of, Mm -hmm. oh, it affects this. So this goes up more because you're more in favor of faction A. Yeah. But you're less favor faction B, so it reduces, right. you know. So, like, how would we build something like that? I think we'd have to have, like, a very concrete basis of what the final results or ultimate results could be, mm-hmm. whether that's, like, the D&D alignment chart or something more specific, or maybe if you go a certain way on one meter, you get locked in to that if you reach a certain amount of points or something, you know? Sure. Like, how would we kind of build something like that? 
Yeah. And what would be, so I feel like one of them should be like, was this a selfish action or selfless? Yeah. That might be a good meter to have. Selfish um, or selfless. Yes. That's kind of just that's kind of ambiguous too. Right. Like, um, are you doing this action to save the person or are you doing it to make yourself look good? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, that could fall really anywhere in the middle too, you know? Oh, yeah. So it'd definitely be like a scale, whether it's like a sliding scale or like, you know, a number out of a certain number right. as well. Maybe there could be like notches for certain points. Like if you hit 20 on one side, yeah. then you're a selfish prick. Like right. you've gone way too far on this side. <laughs> you need to start doing some selfless acts. Exactly. Like, or something know, happens. Or something. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, let's see. What other things? So you said something about like a culture meter? Yeah. How would that, what does that mean? I don't really know. <laughs> it was something I just remember reading about in Avatar. I think it's like, I guess the way I would interpret it just right now while we're spitballing all this is how your character interacts with the world. Mm-hmm. So maybe how much they um, are true to like their culture and upbringing or how much they like either respect or disrespect new cultures that okay. they meet. You know, like how rigidly do they stick to their own path, like of like what they learned that they're supposed to be, and how much do they like allow other cultures to okay. come in? I don't know how you would kind of pare that down onto a scale, but that's kind of what I would imagine, you know, like how you interact with the world. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of similar to another one I kind of had in mind. I don't know how to describe it. It's like when you do an action or you do something that's more in line of what... I mean, I'm trying to separate it from this selfish and selfless thing. But more in line of... Like something that you do for your... For yourself, whether that's selfish or selfish or not, versus something that you do for the the whole, for the community. Yeah, the so one is or it, the many. Is it an yeah, exactly? Is it an individual accomplishment or is it an accomplishment for, for everyone for multiple people? Right. Yeah, because I yeah, there's definitely ones. There's definitely options that you can take that would affect either or mm-hmm. most stuff. And it doesn't have to be good or bad. I mean, it could be good or bad in either way. You right. know, you could do something for yourself and maybe that goes back to the cultural thing that like represents your people and that is you being true to yourself right and it's um it's what you feel is right and then also you could do something that would help the entire world or the entire community or the entire entire group in some way or vice versa it could be negative as well and that could kind of coincide with the selfish and selfless, like yeah. the reasoning behind it. Well, and they could be separate and going in different directions depending on what it is. Yeah, I think they would all move independently, all the yes, meters. But at to, some definitely. point, I think you would reach, kind of like when we did the Honey Heist mm-hmm. one shot, how there's the bear and the criminal, mm-hmm. and you lose points when you gain points in another. So like when you sure. get another point in bear, you lose a point in criminal. But then when you max out one, the other one is at zero. And then you're locked into that forever kind of a thing, you know? Like, I think they should all flux independently, but then when you reach a certain point in each one, it's kind of like a no coming back. Right. Or it's really, really hard to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So it would be on that second Like an individual versus 
Um, all. Yeah. World. Yeah. Or Individual versus the many, I would say. Which is interesting. It's an interesting meter. I don't know how well it would actually play into some of these other things, but, you know, we're just spitballing here. I know, yeah. And then, Um, like, maybe one more. I think there should be a couple, you know. Yeah, definitely. So there's, like, the selfless versus selfish, and then an individual action versus an action that affects multiple people. And then there should be something as far as, like, not necessarily a good and bad. Right. I don't really like the good and bad. I know, because it's so great. so, yeah. And it's so, it depends on each person's perspective. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's just, you can't really just do good and bad, I feel like. That's (laughs) just, nah. But instead, yeah, what would be another meter? Oh, man. It is not easy trying to think of mechanics for this kind of stuff. I know. These people really know what they're doing. I know. Yeah. Well, we don't have to stick on this guy. We can think of a couple That's other true. things and mm-hmm. kind of wrap around back to it. Yeah. So continuing with character creation, you'll have a couple meters at least to kind of determine the sway of where they're going or what they're like. Yeah. What kind of person are they? Yeah. Um. On that note... Uh, what would you say about the skills and abilities from Dungeons and Dragons? Or just in general. Because, like, so obviously in D&D you have your main abilities and then they're broken down into skills. Mm-hmm. And then you're proficient in some, not others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, is there anything you would change about that? Like the skill tree? Yeah, I think some of the skills... Ugh. I mean, this is a very common topic with 5e, but some of those skills specifically uh, just aren't helpful. No, they're not. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, I kind of had an idea where it's a bit more loose. Like, you have your main categories, kind of like how they did with their abilities, strength, wisdom, intelligence, etc. Mm-hmm. And then you can have, like, a sub- category under each one that caters to the character that the player's making yeah so like for example like with dexterity you could be like well my character is especially good like she was in the circus so she's really good with like flexibility you know and just add in their own yeah i don't know if that's a little too loose um well maybe you could have like each character that you build can have three proficiency slots mm-hmm. or something. And maybe like kind of in the same D&D leveling up chart, like every like four levels, they can swap those out or mm-hmm. power them up or something, you know? Yeah. Kind of like taking a... Or maybe just add on to like you can either add a new one right. or you could double up on a previous yeah. one or something. So you could like choose and maybe there'd be a really expansive list or maybe you would just say like what your top three skills are mm-hmm. um and then you would be able to get proficiencies or like bonuses to something like that yeah i think that would be good like a slot system though yeah where you could come up with it yourself but you'd have to be able to explain what yeah it like does. how you use this very specific thing mm-hmm. uh because i think i said this in a previous episode but one of the things that annoys me for the skills in uh D 5e is there's nothing regarding necessarily creativity yeah you know right. and like quick thinking and that kind of stuff it's the closest you might have is like 
history history sleight of hand persuade like it's weird. you don't have anything necessarily for creativity yeah you know or thinking on the spot you know so i think it'd be kind of nice to have like you have your general blocks that are similar to like strength and wisdom charisma and stuff but then you have those little extras like you could add like oh for charisma i'm specifically good at lying to people <laughs> yeah so it could be deception or what have you that way you're not so limited to just what they have on the skills but it's not so overwhelming you know you can you cater it to your character yeah you know and you choose it yourself and you have to figure out how to use that in situations yeah i like that too um yeah because it is kind of limiting i mean other other role-playing games have a similar system to like the Dungeons and Dragons ones with the abilities, but then they have abilities that match the story of the game. Right. Like Call of Cthulhu is a good example of that because they have totally different abilities mm-hmm. and the like point by attribute system is completely different as well. Yeah. With it the is. scoring of one through 100. Um, but you know, they have stuff like influence, like how influential of a person are you? Right. You know, like how much money do you have? Yep. Um, <laughs> like your value of a person. Right. Like how lucky are you? <laughs> So they just kind of have, like, other completely different topics. So I think it would depend entirely on the setting and the story. Right. Um, But I do think that's, like, kind of just a generalized mechanic that would make it easier to build a character. Yeah. And I think it'd be nice to, like, because we've come across so many situations where we're role-playing and we're like, oh, I want to do this. So what do I roll for? Because yeah. it's none of the categories we have. Right. And we're like, I guess the closest is history. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it'd be nice, I think. Again, it could be too loose. But I think it'd be nice if you wrote your own, you know, within reason, mm-hmm. within that skill tree that you are particularly good at because of your personal backstory. And I think it helps make that character more unique. Yeah. You know? Or even just having, like, a skill tree, like, in kind of other, like, games and video games in general, where, like, if you want to be a rogue, you kind of start putting points into the sneak part portion of the tree, you right. know, and then that one branches out and has all these other options, but maybe it connects back over to, like, charisma, and this is how they all three of these connect, you know, kind of like an actual, like, tree that expands as you level up. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I always like the skill tree that yeah. you have in games. That's always so fun. Kind of so stressful, though, because you're like, oh my god, there's, there's so, so many, many choices. <laughs> um, That's true. So back to the kind of like morality meter, one that I thought of when we were talking to add would be something about decision making. So is it rash, like impulsive, or is it thoughtful? Well, that's interesting. So did you decide just on a whim and like why, or did you think about it and come to a decision? Okay. For a good reason. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what are the building blocks of a people? (laughs) (laughs) How do people get made? How do people get the way they are? 2% ammonia, 3% sulfur, (laughs) 0.1% oxygen. Oh, oh, man. (laughs) Um, These are all the ingredients. Cool. So, yeah. So, we have kind of just two really basic kind of mechanics for a game if we were going to make up a game. So, so have, far, these are the characters, yeah. Yeah. Making a character. Right. So you would have kind of like a meter that would, f- many, many meters that would fluctuate as you went, that would kind of combine into one final result. 
<clears throat> excuse me. And then when you're building your character, you would have kind of like a slot system to choose your own abilities yes. and explain why they were. And then also like within those abilities, maybe you had like a skill tree mm-hmm. to kind of like upgrade. That's how you'd get like your features and stuff like in D&D. Right. Yeah. Uh, going from that, uh, classes would be a whole thing. And I kind of had kind of just us talking about the skill tree thing. It's making me think for classes, maybe it could be a pretty general, like you could be like a a fighter type, a spell casting type, uh, like a defender type, maybe. And then like a, like a more thief, sneaky type. Sure. You know, and then. Maybe you could like break it down into so like obviously we have subclasses, but what am I trying to say? Because I want to think of a way where maybe like okay you want to be a spellcaster, but you still want to also try to like be like a spellcaster with a shield or something like yeah, that. So maybe like there's a, a way. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but. I don't know. I just feel like there should be a little bit of a different way to do classes and subclasses. A little bit. Well, there could be, I mean, expanding on the skill tree thing, it could be that your class is like the main skill tree. So let's say you choose to be a Mm spellcaster. So then you have available to you like this entire branch section of the tree. And then you can choose your proficiencies kind of out of that realm. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you can still um, divide further from that to also get your um, abilities and your proficiencies and stuff all kind of under the same umbrella. But then they would connect, you know, like a tree. Um, all of the branches connect at some point. So let's say that you wanted to be a sneaky spellcaster. So maybe this is where the rogue and the spellcaster intersect. And then they have like a small pool of similar abilities that you could choose to level up from. Oh, yeah, okay. Because, like, so for D&D 5e, uh, if you want to be a wizard, you have to have high intelligence yeah. and high something else. Mm-hmm. What's the secondary thing? Nope. Wisdom or something? I don't know. Neither of us play wizards. <laughs> 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 but they always are like, we suggest that you have your top two highest abilities, this and this. Yeah. But maybe it could be more like loose from that, because if you want to be a spellcaster, that's kind of more of a wizard type, but also like a bit of that rogue, mm-hmm. the stealth type. Maybe it could be a bit more loose with the. It doesn't have to be like intelligence per se. Yeah, you know. I think it'd be more like a a Venn diagram type of skill tree. Yeah. So like they would all they wouldn't all overlap over each other, but like each one would overlap into the next Mm -hmm. so like maybe you couldn't have a wizard that was also a sorcerer because they were too similar but you could maybe do you know two things that seem totally opposite and then they would just have a very specific set of skills to choose from yeah you know okay so maybe like the more ridiculous ones that don't seem to fit have just like two or three really powerful abilities but then the more like common ones have a wider spread or something yeah you know okay yeah, that would be interesting. So yeah, kind of like I said, a Venn diagram of where it starts like on the outer circles with the um, classes and then like where they start to overlap the abilities 
and then kind of like your skills that you can choose from from there. Mm-hmm. And then those would branch off into the tree that you can like level up and choose from. Yeah, I like the idea that like if you chose sorcerer, you're not restricted to only sorcerer abilities. Yeah, you know, like you could. I mean, that's what multi classing is for. Right. But it could be a little different where you could be a sorcerer slash getting into the rogue side with that diagram, you know, where they Mm -hmm. intersect and everything. And you just choose maybe when you level up, you give yourself proficiency and more roguish abilities as opposed to spellcastery abilities. And they could be just as effective. Right. I was thinking kind of too, like, let's say you wanted to be a magic user that then also wants to kind of be the tank yeah, and like fight with really heavy weapons. So maybe you can start um, expanding into that part of the Venn diagram because that's the way you want to go. And then you start maybe getting abilities to craft like powerful magical weapons for yourself, for example. So like instead of just using like fireball or something, you can use like a sword that shoots out, you know, that hits somebody. Yeah, you can bind them together. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So something like that, like the further in you get, the more detailed that the abilities would become related to those um, overlapping things. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I think one thing, one of my favorite things about uh, D&D 5e is that they do pretty good with classes and subclasses because especially at this point, there are so many options, you know, it's kind of overwhelming. Uh, but it's nice. They have a lot of ideas for like all the kinds of bards you could be, all the kinds of fighters and monks and etc. Um, yeah, and it's easy to humber that kind of stuff too. It is, yeah. I think the classes thing, like we wouldn't have to delve too deep. I feel like it's pretty figured out by a lot of people, but definitely a huge part of what your character is, you know, kind of driving the what your abilities are. And trying to use those to be that class that you are. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's what makes every video game interesting is that you can kind of customize to some extent the character that you are. Yeah. Even if like, even if it's like a first person type of game where you are that character all the time, you still get customization options, Mm -hmm. like almost no matter what, you know? Right. So you can kind of still choose, do I want to use a bow? Do I want to like use a two-handed um sword yeah kind of a thing so there's always that kind of option in most games yes it's just about like how you present it and what kind of options you give people yeah okay so i think this might be kind of what you've been saying but i'm really wrapping my head around it now (laughs) so you could say you have a tree where you put ability like points into abilities of like i'm taking this from witcher 3 mostly where some of the points go into, I want to know how to use a sword. Yeah. And then I also want to know how to make potions. Right. I also want to cast this spell. Yeah, Skyrim's like that too. Yeah. But you have a finite amount of points to use. Right, like you can't, like you can spread them out, but you might only be in like the first yeah. one or two tiers of each one right. instead of like the fifth tier But if you want to really master one, you have to really dump all your points into, into that. that. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty close to what I was thinking of. Yes, perfect. Okay, yeah, I like that idea. Because again, I do like the class system in 5e, mm-hmm. but it's still a bit It's limited. very rigid, yeah. Yes, because it's like you're a barbarian. 
all right, barbarian level three, you have access to this. Yeah. Well, you have to spit, you have to use your next level, either barbarian four or your barbarian three and paladin one. Yeah, exactly. So I think I like more the idea of, well, I want a character that uses a bow and arrow, but ice spells as well, (laughs) and also can use a wooden shield. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. All right, we're on the same page. <laughs> Word pictures are hard. It is. I agree. Okay, All maybe right. we can do like one more mechanic to kind of flush out this baby TTRPG. For, yeah, it looks like we're focusing heavily on like the, the character, character build. creation yeah. for this one. Uh, so we'll just keep going with that. Um, so character creation. So we went with classes. Oh, health. I wanted to bring up oh, health Okay. Points. So... I feel like that's kind of a topic for D&D 5e. Health is kind of like a, eh, you know, loose term. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean, (laughs) like, you are getting damaged? You're getting hurt? Does it mean it's, like, what your armor is, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. It's kind of weird how health points are. So I thought it might be a good idea to have, like, a... Like, let's say you have 10 health points at level one and you have a meter. So, like, if you drop down anywhere between 10 and 7, like, you're still fine. You're a little fatigued and your armor's good between, like, 7 and 5. Your armor is, like... Falling apart. Starting to fall apart. Like, you're starting to get cut up, you know? And then, Mm -hmm. like, 5 to 3... You're getting like pretty bad cuts, like they're pretty deep. That's gonna be hard to heal. And then like lower than that, the red zone, I guess, is like severe injuries, mm-hmm. like lingering injuries or scars. Um, yeah, so it's harder to come back from each one of those. Yes, I like that too a lot. Yeah, where it's like if you get to the point where your armor is breaking down, you have to spend a lot of resources to repair that to armor repair or replace. Or, or if you go into battle with max health, you have weakened armor. Right. Yeah, I really like that, too. I agree that the kind of general health system can be kind of weak sometimes. Yeah. Because it's like, ooh, I just fought an adult black dragon, and, you know, I lost, like, half my health points, and then we just walked away to the pub. Yeah, and then we (laughs) short or long rested, and I'm perfectly fine again. Yeah. And I've always been like, okay, if you got hit hard enough where you have, like, a gaping hole in your stomach, you can't sleep that away. Yeah, you've always been really adamant about giving us scars. Yes. Um, but I agree, like, um, the f- lower you would get on the meter, the more it would take you to come back from it. Yes. So, like, you could still regain all of your health and all of that, but you would maybe have, like, disadvantages on things the or lower maybe... you got. Kind of like the exhaustion system. Like, it uh, would stack, yes. you know? So, like, if you got one point, then you would have an effect. If you got the next point, you would have both of those effects. If you right. had three, you would have all three effects. You'd have to get rid of them backwards one by one. yeah yes. one by one and by like a professional healer yeah you know or that's brutal high potion <laughs> you know like yeah. um or maybe should it be you have separate meters so like you have a meter for your armor you have a meter for your health which is like your physical self uh-huh. and maybe even a meter for like fatigue i mean this is a lot but i mean just different like different games have 
some of these meters, like video games, have kind of all three sometimes. Sometimes. You know, because you have, like, the armor that you equip, yeah. and eventually you have to repair it, otherwise it's useless. Right. And you don't have that buffer, so your health goes down faster, mm-hmm. you know? And then you also have the fatigue meter, where you can't, like, continuously swing a big sword yeah. as often. Yeah. But, yeah, health points have been kind of a touchy point for me. <laughs> at least for 5e, because it's just like, what does that even mean? Like, how do you, you use long rest or short rest? I just never agreed with that. Maybe you could, like, long rest uh, up to five health points or something, mm-hmm. but you can't technically, like, cure your wounds. Yeah. If they're, like, beyond a certain point. Well, and so health. I just got inspired by an idea that maybe this would tie back into our kind of, like, personality meter. Oh. That you would have, like, so similar to Call of Cthulhu, you have an insanity counter. Right. So you have kind of like a mental capabilities counter. So maybe like you were in some really rigorous battles that have mentally scarred you. Mm. And it's kind of flux that meter down in a certain way. That's interesting. Yeah. So mental like, health, yeah. So yeah, the mental health aspect of it that also attributes to the physical health. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's say that you got like you were on death's door. Yeah. And we were able to bring back all of those meters and the health area up, but you're never the same again. Right. Like you're still scarred on the inside. Right. And so maybe that part of your meter is just going to be down for a long time, but then there's a way to start bringing it back up again. Yeah. That's interesting. You got so scared by a ghost that <laughs> you aged 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a reference to oh, a man. recent event in one of our campaigns where that happened. I didn't realize a ghost could scare 20 <laughs> years off of the life of a character. Of a goblin monk. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, so. That's a really interesting, I don't think I really know of any, well, except for Call of Cthulhu, I guess. But it's sanity, you know? Insanity meter. Yeah. But I think that's. Not quite, not quite what we want. Not like an insanity. No, meter, not insane. Just like, just like uh, how your brain functions. Spiritual being, maybe, or just like how you are yeah. on the inside, kind of a thing. And so, like, maybe that would drive you to do more individual, selfless acts because you'd want to raise that meter up a little yeah. bit more. Take care of yourself. For yeah. A little bit, or maybe you, know? you wouldn't want to charge headfirst into battle. Because your, like, mental health meter was kind of low. Right. You were scarred from the last time that Mm -hmm. happened. Or you just weren't feeling confident or whatever. Yeah, you lost that confidence. That's really interesting because now they're all, like, in flux with each other this way. Because, like, if you make a decision, it's easy to say, okay, I slayed the dragon. I did it to obviously save the town so that could go up on the many. Yeah. But I did it because I want the reward. So it's selfish go up on selfish Mm -hmm. and then we thought it out so you can go up on that on thoughtful versus rash because in my past this has destroyed a party i was with yeah it's like a mental health thing right you know so like it all does ultimately connect that's really cool that is interesting yeah i like that a lot it's a lot of meters but well let's go back to the health thing i like i like where we were going with that so you first you said one where it's kind of in sections but then you said maybe multiple like a really common example in most video games with the multiple meters is like health mana armor or health mana fatigue or health mana magic or something right like that so um it could just be like one meter where like you said originally if you drop below a certain point it's kind of like exhaustion where you have 
different levels to overcome each time, or it's multiple ones that um, you have to keep track of. Right. So say your health got so far down, um, it's like in the red zone. Like it could be like the typical red, yellow, green <laughs> yeah. that we see all the time. Uh, so like if you hit the red zone, you know, maybe it injured your leg very, very badly. Now you have a very bad limp mm-hmm. and you can rest. So you feel a bit revitalized, but that leg is still killing you. Right. So you're hindered by that. Yeah. You know, if you ever until... wanted to fix that leg, you'd have to get it professionally. You'd have to take the time and the money and the energy yep. to fix it. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. I like I like having a system. Again, this seems pretty complicated, but I like having more to it that it just there's just so much more to think about, so much more to do, yeah. and there's so much more consequence to your actions. Consequences, definitely. You know, like, again, 5e is great for people that are brand new to this kind of stuff. You know, it's a fairly easy-to-learn system. Yeah. It's fairly straightforward. You know, like, oh, you battle the dragon, you're down to one health, but you kill it, you take a long rest, you're back at it again. You know, you could kill another dragon. Mm-hmm. But this makes you think. This yeah. makes you take the time to be like, all right, we actually have to go about this a certain way. Yeah. Like, let's try to surprise attack at first. If we get down to one health, like, we need to know where the nearest town is so we can get a healer. Right, like, we need to make sure we have enough money. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and still along the same same vein as the health meter. So, like, like what you were saying, like, let's say, let's say you have a fighter-type character and he gets into the red zone and, like, loses a finger or something. Yeah. So then when it's time to start putting points into his like ability slot, he's going to want to take abilities that will make it easier to fight with that deficit, you know? Yeah. Like if you get like a permanent wound or something, or if you or like maybe you could have an ability that makes you more mentally tough. So you have a more stronger mental resolve against something. Yeah. Um so you can go into the red easier or it's easier for you to recover from things, you know, like maybe you can bounce back easier. You would kind of start looking for those types of abilities. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I like that. It just it makes you more careful about what you choose and all yeah. of your true skill trees and whatever. Right. Uh cuz you're like, "Oh, well, crap, my fighter just got in a really bad battle he lost an arm mm-hmm. like okay <laughs> guess i'm not an archer anymore right or, right <laughs> exactly like so that. now what am i gonna do yeah flush all those points into something else or like learn like take the time to learn how to shoot a bow with one arm right maybe switch over to crossbow or something you know yeah exactly and maybe in that aspect you could have the option of like okay every level you get you can allocate three points into whatever tree you want and you can reallocate one. Yeah. That might be nice because Mm -hmm. like, it's also kind of a bummer where when you're leveling up, you're stuck. Yeah. Like I'm level four this and level two this. Yeah. I can't change that. I didn't realize I didn't want a spellcaster. I thought those ice spells would be cool, but they're really not. Yes. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, I'm sure obviously like a DM could be like, oh, let's rework your character. But that's a whole thing. Sure. And it's harder. And I feel like it'd be easier to be like, so we'll take away this, like this one section of this skill tree. I no longer want to be an archer, and I want to put that point over into magic over here yeah, or something. Right, and then like to continue that train of thought, like a lot of games I've seen is when you kind of move far enough away from one section of the skill tree, 
that section you're moving away from kind of dies. So it's not available to you anymore. Yes. So like the further away you get from it, the more impossible it's going to be to ever get those points. So yeah, like let's say kind of our, this example we've made up, this fighter loses an arm and he had been putting points on Archer. He's like, well, I'm done with that. So he starts moving away. Maybe he's going to start becoming more rogue and start doing some more sneak attack type stuff. Mm-hmm. He starts dumping all of his points in the other direction and um, like kind of gets out of the uh, like archer, archer section. ranged weapon section. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And that makes sense too, because like, obviously there'll be probably a level cap, whatever it is. Generally, it's like 20 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, So you only have so many points. So like if you keep, dipping into one tree like it's literally impossible to get too far into other trees so those options are just cut off right you can't do this that's how skyrim is too yeah so that's cool that makes sense i like that i like that too look at us making a game yeah see it's so easy (laughs) but yeah i think that's like a really good kind of full circle character creation mechanic idea yeah i agree we've come up with we didn't really technically i don't think this is super necessary but like the races portion of it or like the type of i think that'd be something different yeah that would be a little different uh to affect like your skill tree over here but i feel like it wouldn't be a huge effect because to me with the new changes to uh the D stuff that they come out with that they came out with mm-hmm. for 5e um where they're like so in the beginning, like races had like pluses to specific abilities yeah. and whatever, but they scrapped that and said, you know, you pick your own. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I would want to stick with that. Yeah. Like whatever you are, uh, you only get like perks or quirks or whatever you want to call it. Like if you're a tabaxi or a cat, like you have claws. So yeah. maybe that gives you an extra point for unarmed damage or something right yeah exactly you know things like that but not necessarily affecting your skills no abilities right yeah that's tough but yeah i think that's something that could be flushed out a little bit more yeah but just a side note for like character creation but i think this is like a good like at least beginning point yeah it's really cool for creating a tabletop mechanic uh, system mechanic system for a whole new one which, I mean, there's obviously all the other things in it, <laughs> but we focused on the character stuff. And that was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, that was cool. It came up with a lot of good stuff. I know, and then we kind of tied it all together really well at the end, too. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice when you just, I think that's almost how it has to be made. You just spitball it. Yeah, exactly. You write it down, and then you cross some stuff off. You rewrite it, and yep. then you're like, oh, this ties into this. Perfect. Yeah, let's add this to it and see what happens. Yeah, but yeah, so this is kind of just how our potions episodes are. It's just us improving and trying to come up with something new and on the spot and bouncing ideas off of each other um, and just doing some rough drafts of stuff. And we've made some pretty interesting ones in the past. And yeah. we hope that you guys continue to like to listen to these. Yeah, let us know at uh, Instagram, potions of potpourri. Gmail also at Potions and Potpourri. Um, And if you want to hop on our survey, there's a link to that in our Instagram bio. Take it, please. Yeah, it'd be really helpful. Another Potions episode. This has been Kayla. And Keisha. Thanks for hopping in. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Let us know in the comments of anywhere and everywhere. (laughs) Do you agree with what we wrote? Like, what are some changes you would want? Uh, Some mechanics that you thought up of? Thought of up? It's late. (laughs) 
any mechanics you thought of, uh, just let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. So this is the end of our episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.